up. <laughs> well, hello and welcome to Bromantic the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sachis, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What up? Watch Rob Cobbs and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens of tens of listeners listening pleasure. <laughs> and Max, how are you doing tonight as we record on a Saturday? I'm good, buddy. Uh, nothing I'd rather be doing on a Saturday evening during a quarantine. <laughs> yeah, that seems like everyone in college football land has forgotten about as there are I know, right? A multitude of Southeast conference games where there's about 18 to 20,000 people in the stands watching. Jesus. They're well, then, quote unquote socially distanced. Well, okay. It's like, yeah, they're socially distanced until they have to go to the restroom and then they're touching all the same things in the restroom. And then if they're not washing their hands properly and then touch their face, Boom. And okay. and you know someone is is not wearing a mask in that restroom. Like eventually um, well, someone is coming around that doesn't wear a mask. Yeah, and and also it's probably someone who's asymptomatic and probably just hanging around with them. You exactly. know, just like oh, I I can breathe fine. I don't feel I don't feel anything, and all of a sudden, you know. But then you know some players, you know, relative all of a sudden has it because the asymptomatic person went to the restroom in the same restroom. So, college football! College football is back! Yeah. <laughs> people are in the stands. We're returning to normalcy, guys. Everything's fine. Let the pandemic turn up and begin. Yeah. I mean, what pandemic at this point? It, it doesn't exist. Now, let's see. <laughs> Which demographic gets eliminated first? Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 sadly, we all know what that is. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, how's, how's the how's the rest of you know your week and everything? It's been good. Uh, we've been getting some. I, well, I guess I don't have to tell you. We've been getting some weird ass weather lately. Like, yeah. But um, it, it kind of put a hitch in my plans. I was gonna go for a a little solo road trip coming up. I was gonna do a little uh, circle tour around Lake Michigan, just okay. drive and go see the forests up north and stuff, and check out Michigan. And, I was going to go this week, but uh, all this upcoming week is supposed to be weird-ass thunderstorms and shit, so probably not not unrelated to all the um, hurricanes that are now in the Greek alphabets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I wouldn't know anything about that. Climate change isn't real, so... How long was your trip supposed to be? Um, it was supposed to be... At least five days is what I was planning, but I was leaving it open to a maximum of seven. So, like a week? Yeah, pretty much. Speaking of weeks, we watched two weeks' notice Jesus. this week. <laughs> you, you just led me into that one like a fucking docile sheep. Yep, it led you to the slaughter, baby. Sheep. <laughs> I was blind. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was searching and I found it. Uh, 
Anyway, uh, so it's a uh, you know two weeks notice. Rob Com starring Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant. Uh, let it's a movie that I've seen once before. I saw it with my mom in theaters. When, um, and as I mentioned at the end of the last episode, my mom and I didn't really have much to say afterward. It was just it was okay. <laughs> like that was kind of our general consensus consensus on it. Um, I think you know my mom found some funny parts in it. Um, but I don't remember her like owning it on DVD or needing to own it or wanting to own it after the fact. So I don't remember watching it again until I watched it on Thursday and live tweeted it on our Twitter account. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's something I will be doing uh, as live tweeting the movies, you know, leading up to beforehand, uh, like leading up uh, in the middle of the week to, uh, the next episode, which will be on Mondays. You're um, going to do it for every movie? Yeah. Oh, damn. I mean, might as well. I'm already you're watching just, it. Might you're just, well just giving like. this, this beautiful new gift to people without... Well, it's it, we. this is episode 43, I believe. Um, Jesus, is it really? We're coming up on yeah. a year? Yeah, we're coming up on a year. God which means damn. that we're coming up on the... <laughs> romancing the stone episode if you haven't forgotten episode uh i don't know if we're gonna do 50 or 52 oh yeah we were actually gonna watch romancing the stone. romancing the stone where we got our name oh, from. Yeah. <laughs> i think episode 50 makes sense just because it's a round number yeah and it's um, it's close enough to the anniversary we can count it as our our year exactly anniversary. Um, but nonetheless um I'm looking right now. Uh, yes, this is episode 43. Um, and so hmm. it's about time that 43 episodes in, we finally figure out what to do with our Twitter account. Um, <laughs> so I figure live tweeting is at least something to do with a Twitter account um, for people to you know check out. So yeah. uh, this I like right it. now, right now what we're going to do is the next movie. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let it, let it be known now. Uh, this is coming out on Monday. Um, it's coming out on Monday the 28th, I believe. Yeah, Monday the 28th. So Wednesday the 30th. Wednesday, September 30th. Uh, going to go 6 p.m. Central Time. So 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, where we're originally from. Um, I'm going to watch the next movie and live tweet it. So if you want to follow along. Or you can just hashtag the name of the movie that will be that I'll be watching or that we'll be watching. Uh, and if you just hashtag it, uh, you can find, you know, the tweets. Or you know, just go to the Twitter account <laughs> after the fact; they'll be there. <laughs> the tweets will be there, and like there really isn't a lot of other tweets that we do. So that's exactly what I did for for when I yeah. watched it today. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll keep it in the same thread, so it'll be easy to find the threads and, and catch up on on my thoughts as I'm watching these movies, but, um, you know, so you might, if you do read the live tweets and then listen to the episode, you might hear a couple of rehashes. I mean, I'll be honest, since we're recording this a couple of days after I watched it, I actually reread my live tweets to remember the movie, um, which, you know, is a good sign for the quality of this movie. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, you might, you might hear some rehash, but it's coming from my voice. So I feel like it still be okay. Um, instead yeah, of reading go. it on the Twitter machine, they get the uh, extra so, live. Yeah, version. you get to, you get the yeah you get the connotation. You get you get to hear the vocal intonation 
to the thought. You know? Well, now, now they get the commentary. Yeah, exactly. Get the commentary. The extra, you know, what the 240 characters couldn't capture. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we yeah. should do that for an episode. Ooh, actually, maybe that's our Romancing the Stone episode where we actually just do a live episode. Could that work? Uh, Never mind. Uh, I don't know if that I mean, would work. I mean, we'd have to... We'd have to watch it in the same build. So, like, I'd have to go over to your place, and then we'd have to. I, dude, I, quarantine or not, we are not spending our year anniversary of this podcast. Not together. Not I together. I agree. So, so that's um, out of the question. Yes, I mean, I think that's not a bad idea. Um, it might be tough. Maybe we should give it like a couple test runs first. Like yeah, we'd have to do a little test run. But yeah. either way, either we're recording the 50th episode together normally or together in the room, um, or we're going to do a live reaction. Sort of thing. Um, yeah, I like that. But Yeah. Anyway. Um, but nonetheless, Two Weeks Notice is the movie we watched. And let's uh, – did you – have you seen this movie before? Uh, Max, I have. I was trying to remember when I'd actually seen it, though. And like with every other one, I I cannot place it. I I want to say it was. Uh, I want to say it was here in Chicago, so that at least narrows it down to the past eight years. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, that's all I got. So within that span, I've seen it uh once at least um but didn't really remember it after and you know i remember i walked away with like certain scenes that i thought were you know different or funny or whatever and that was it so tonight i think was probably my second time nice so yeah it was both of our second times watching this film mm-hmm. um so yeah, let's go over the stats here. So Do it. Two, two Weeks Notice is a 2002 American romantic comedy film written and directed by Mark Lawrence and starring Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock. Although critical response was mixed, the film was successful at the box office. Uh, so the film, as I mentioned, uh, written and directed by uh, Mark Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence previously wrote the films Forces of Nature and Miss Congeniality. There which, it is. Okay. Which both starred Sandra Bullock. And? And it was on the latter film where he asked her to look at his unfinished script. And the, that unfinished script was Two Weeks Notice. Really? Uh, Bullock, Bullock liked it enough to star in and produce the film. And it was at this point, after Miss Congeniality, Sandra Bullock really started getting into producing films. Hmm. So... She would read scripts and be like, I'll star in it and, you know, produce it as well. So, like, a, she basically, she's, like, coming up with the ideas as they're happening, um, along with, like, everything else. Um, Hugh Grant was the first choice for the part um, and because he and Bullock had already wanted to work together. Uh, Lawrence hoped the film would be different enough for Grant, not the same as his Notting Hill character, but not as unpleasant as his Brid- Bridget Jones diary character. <laughs> Um, so, uh, this film, uh, how long is it, Max? Um, two hours? It is 101 minutes, hour and 41 minutes. 
Wow. Which is... I, it feels like two hours. It does. <laughs> like, it, it really it, does. There, there's def, it, It's slow at the beginning, and we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, the film was released on December twentieth of two thousand two. So this was re- released around that Christmas time. So it's one of those, you know. Oh hey, let's go see a movie for Christmas. And right, right. You know, so yeah, it, it was one of those like, well, let's go watch Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock together. You know, as an option for Christmas stuff. So. <laughs> uh, the budget of the film was sixty million dollars. Wow. What? Because it's it's Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant. They have hits upon hit upon hit at this yeah. point under yeah. their names. So not only are they going to draw a ton of money just to be brought in to act on it, but also, you know, they're filming in New York, so. I'm sure the production company was like, well, here's a bunch of money to film it along with the money that we're already paying you to act. In. So how does that work then if you're producing and starring in the movie? Cause it doesn't, if you're producing it, doesn't that mean you're essentially helping pay for it? Uh, not necessarily the producer does. I, I mean, this is completely, you know, like what I, sure. I think it is. So like, I don't know for a hundred percent for sure, but the producer's, help it produce and control the idea. But the fact of the matter is it all comes down to the studio. And so with people uh, will sign with studios. So like if someone's like starring in an NBC show, NBC is, uh, you know, controlled by universal. That's like the big production arm that controls NBC. Okay. So any sort of like universal film or universal project, you might see that same actor come through again. So like, You'll see like universal actors show up in universal projects. Or right, see right. Fox actors show up. Yeah. So much along the same lines, I'm sure Sandra Bullock at that point, with all the hits she had made, had put it there, you know, her agent and everyone had figured out a way to, uh, you know, work out a new contract with whatever studio she was signed with. In this case, it's Warner Brothers, um, which, you know, I was able to watch this on HBO Max because it was Warner Brothers. Uh but yeah, I'm sure with the Warner Brothers contract, she worked out like I'll star in this many films under this contract at this, and you'll pay me this much, and also you'll allow me to produce such and such amount of films, and mm. and then they work out you know details as far as how much money you know. But I'm sure it's in the contract that she that it was like not only is she signed as an actress under Warner Brothers, but she signed as like a producer, gotcha, or, gotcha, you know, other sorts of. Things. All right, I guess that makes a little uh, sense. Yeah, so it's one of those things where she just where like you'll see actors leverage, uh, you know, high box office earnings and like consistently doing well in the box office into well, obviously I act well in these, so maybe you should give me some more leeway to right, produce. Right, right, right. You know, I've learned from these films on how to you know make successful films and yada yada. So. Did you notice uh, who else was from Miss Congeniality? Uh, yeah, the uh, best friend was Miss Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hugh Grant's brother was Bernard from Four Weddings and a Funeral. That's where he's from. I knew he looked familiar. <laughs> yep, so that was a little nice nod there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, budget was $60 million. How much did it make in the box office? Um... Hundred and fifty. 
It made two hundred million in the box office. Wow. So yeah, despite critics not necessarily loving it, uh, it was a hit in the box office. Um, so tell me about was, these motherfucking critics here, huh? It got? opened at number two uh, in its opening weekend, behind the Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah, domestically it made uh, I ninety-three saw million. That. <laughs> Dear Domestic- God, that was I. Oh my God, we're old. All right. <laughs> Domestically, it made ninety-three million, uh, and then worldwide, uh, basically two hundred million. Wow. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, there's one hundred twenty-three reviews. Uh, what is the percentage? I'm gonna go with sixty-two. It is forty-two percent. The site's consensus is, though two weeks' notice has nothing new to add to the crowded genre, Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock make the movie a pleasant, if predictable, sit. Roger Ebert gave this film three out of four stars and wrote, I wanted it to be a typical romantic comedy starring those two lovable people, Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant. And it was. And some of the dialogue has a real zing to it. There were wicked little one-liners that slipped it under the radar and nudged the audience in the ribs. So basically he was, hmm. it, 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 it's Roger Ebert basically saying, look, I was going to McDonald's cause I wanted McDonald's. <laughs> like I'm not asking you to, you know, that, make me. That's, wow. That's two Roger Ebert reviews. I 110% agree with in a row. Yeah. It, it's, it's like going to a fast food restaurant and being like, I'm going to this fast food restaurant because I want this fast food restaurant. I'm not expecting you to make filet mignon. Right. You, you, you know what you're getting. You, you know what yeah. to expect. Yeah. So uh, that's the consensus there from people. Um, so, yeah, that, those the stats of the movie. Um, mm. Yeah. So Max is – I mean, we've talked about Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock before as actors and just how we think of them. So I don't think we need to really rehash that right here. So, I mean, we can just jump straight in the movie. What, you know, where would you like to start with this movie, Max? Uh, well, I'll, I'll start just by just putting it out there that I think it's a solid movie and I, I really like it. I, I enjoyed a lot of it. I, I think... Um, I think judging from some of those critical reviews, I think I can see some of their, their points. I can see where it, it's slow to get off the ground. It's a little predictable. It's, it's very kind of just uh, normal mainstream rom-com. But like Roger Ebert says, like, as long as you expect that, you know what you're getting yourself into, then it's fine. And for me, like I didn't have like, incredible expectations for it but i knew i i knew who i wanted to see i knew i wanted to see sandra bullock i knew i wanted to see hugh grant i knew i wanted to see a cutesy cheesy rom-com and that's exactly what it was so i definitely appreciated that about it and i could go deeper into a multitude of things but the biggest question i was left with that i wanted to talk to you about something that i still can't quite Decide for myself. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. What did you What did you think of their relationship? 
Because like you said, we both talked about how we think of them as actors. And I know I, for my, uh, myself, like this was no exception. I loved them both. I thought their characters were great. Hugh Grant rubbed me the wrong way a couple times. But, you know, by the end of it, like the overall, I can walk away saying I loved them both. So the only thing I couldn't quite decide on was the like believability of their relationship. What do you think about it? That's why I wanted to bring up, well, first off, the fact that Mark Lawrence wrote and directed the film. We've talked about writer-directors and how there's not enough checks and balances of those. True. Uh, the fact that the main producer of the film is the star actress of the film. So... You have a conflict the only, of interest there. There's, yeah, the only check and balance there is right. the star of the film that you have to try to direct. So it's like these voices, these two voices are the voices that are coming in. There's no one like from outside the creation process that's saying anything. Now, a lot of times studio, you know, studio execs and everyone who like gives notes are usually fucking idiots. who <laughs> don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's you. That's the story that's provided. I completely understand. That totally makes sense. But when you're that deep into the creation process, it te- like you're, you know, you're that deep into it. It's hard to you gotta like ask someone who's not currently making the film to at least have a look at it and give you a perspective from outside. Like this is what it's gonna look like to right, you know, right. We've we've talked about this before. Yeah. So you know, this is a. A long preamble, I know, to where to the what I think of their relationship. Um, so, as far as you know, with that kind of script, it we talked about how slow it felt. It took a lot to ramp up, and mm-hmm. it first started with "Gotta Save the Community Center," like an '80s movie, and then <laughs> and then from there. Um, you know, then they have their like crazy little meet cute where all of a sudden she's now his lawyer. And then right. they introduce that he basically uses her as an assistant slash like, I need you to do and think for me and like just, you know, mm-hmm. basically do everything for me. I did appreciate and- the fast forwarding because we've talked about that in previous movies and we've constantly begged for it. So I did appreciate it in this one. But that's the thing I was about to bring up. They had a, a beginning to like them meeting. So like they already had to set up them meeting. And then they had to create this whole month after month fast forward montage that took forever just to get to the two weeks notice that this film is supposed to be centered around. There were literally two setups to what the actual movie was supposed to be. Yeah. And it's just like, so when if you don't have that kind of attention to detail to realize oh this this build up doesn't really work then everything else is going to fall through and just feel kind of not developed enough and that's what i felt about their relationship it was not developed enough because nothing in this film felt more developed than the idea of i kind of like the script and i want to work with Hugh Grant so let's go ahead and make it i'm Sandra Bullock well, um, it, it does it does kind of create a little bit more of a, a, a like 
a binary relationship like because they had to develop the professional relationship first and we had to see that develop Mm -hmm. then they had to end that relationship so they could develop a romantic relationship Mm -hmm. but you can't develop the romantic relationship without that professional relationship because it's based on you know how well they know each other and work together in life and that sort of thing so like i get that but like you're you're not just developing the rom-com relationship in this movie. You're developing two entirely different relationships and then ending one, which they effectively do because like they, you know, comically phrase it. The two weeks notice as a breakup type conversation. Mm-hmm. So you really do get to like, they are obviously shoving in your face. Like here, we have to give you one relationship, then break it off then start the new relationship that you've all tuned in for. But hey, that's not going to start till halfway through the movie. So maybe, I mean, you're on to something there because that's that's unusual for a lot of rom-coms we watch. It's mostly just about the, the romantic relationship. Here's the other thing too. Like when it gets later into the movie, you have all these like little moments of where they're just like, oh, now so-and-so is jealous. Oh, now so-and-so is jealous. And, oh, now they realize it's deeper than, you know, what they already think. And, you know, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, all those moments were set up in the moments we didn't see in the fast forward of the montage. You know what I mean? Like, all those things that they realize about each other would have been shown in the moments that they fast forward through and don't show. And it's like, okay, so all the foundation of this, you fast forwarded mm. through because we had to get to the two weeks notice. Yeah. I, now that you bring that up, I, I think I agree. I think I would have liked to see, damn it. Cause I, I, in the moment I appreciated it so much based on the other movies we've done and complained about that exact problem. But now that we're talking about it, I think, that would have really worked for their relationship to show that, you know, how long was she working for him? Like a year or two? Yeah. Like, like months, like, I don't even know. Like fucking. Yeah. I want to say it was close, maybe close to a year at that point when she gave her two weeks. Cause yeah. I feel like it went like four months, then another four months and then six months or something like that. It was weird. Um, uh, anyway, regardless, like they could have shown us them working together, shown us their, I'm hesitant to use the word chemistry, but their chemistry, but in a professional way, like showing just how well they click, you know, and showing that there really is a good connection between these two human beings, but that it's still professional. So that way, when there is a two weeks notice, you've already set up for, Oh shit, these two could actually work together romantically based on and, how work they how well they work together professionally you know that kind and, of thing. and that's the frustrating part because these are two very talented actors who know what the fuck they're doing on film yeah. and so you get sometimes you get a scene where it's like that shines through their scene when they're talking to his ex-wife that he's divorcing and how she and she brings up yeah. that they have a video that she was cheating on him and you know so on and so forth and then he undermines her and gives money to her anyway like gives money to his ex-wife anyway and right, so on and so right. forth. like the rapport 
and like how they're talking to each other and everything like that little moment it was like oh okay this is the chemistry that they've built over the time that they've fast forwarded through in this montage but like we just saw a very tiny clips of it and then he undermined yeah. her and then that leads to her wanting the two weeks notice i mean they did show us a little bit of their like um banter throughout those montages i guess but that that was about it like they i I'm thankful for what they did show us, but I feel like it could have been expanded on. So, okay. Well then with that in mind, I mean, you know how both you and I care about the time limit. So how, what the hell do we take away from to keep it at an hour 40? I mean, that's the other thing I was about to bring up. Like then they come up with like these stupid, like sketches where it's just like, he calls her out of her friend's wedding to help pick a suit and like yeah that was really weird and like nothing came from that it was just like yeah she got really pissed off and then that was it and it was like no that's i that's a big deal i feel like we need to unpackage that yeah or you know they're picking a mattress and like yeah that's weird bouncing on the mattress and oh that's funny right like it just felt like they were just like hey let's put Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock in funny situations together, waka, waka, waka. And it's like, I, I'm not trying to watch a clip of sketches that you're trying to turn into a, a plausible plot here. You know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, some of those scenes and some of those quote unquote sketches that they perform for us are really good because they are talented actors. Right. I and, I think they would have been better if they were spaced apart by like actual filler scenes that gave us information about their, you know, budding platonic relationship, you know, if there was an actual plausible script that was being written out of necessity, as opposed to her, like written out of a desire to say something as opposed to, you know, just trying to, finish a script that someone liked the bones of with that being said though i will say like for what it did offer it had some good scenes and it was like it was it was a light-hearted plot like it's not like it was missing a ton that i sat there you know really just going you know this isn't this is not the kind of rom-com i was signing up for so at least it had enough of the bones that I was able to, to laugh at stuff. I was able to feel stuff. I was able to empathize with some of the characters. I think that's always kind of important. But yeah, I just... You're right. Like the the, the relationship, man. I need it. I need the relationship in the rom-com to be the fucking anchor. And I need it to be well-developed and well-demonstrated to me. Yeah, and honestly, they only gave us, like, two and a half moments. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go over each of them. So we'll, we'll start with the half moment. It's at the the gala when he sees her and he walks over to her and then they talk and he's just, like, speechless while Nora Jones' The Nearness of You is playing in the background. Like, that's a half moment. Because, you know, Hugh Grant's playing the whole, like, dumbstruck moment, like, really nice and right. everything else. But then, at the same time, what hurts it is that both his date, the redhead girl, 
and Sandra Bullock are wearing the oddest dresses. I don't know what the hell those are. I, like Sandra Bullock, like her hairstyle somehow made her look like she had like a bob of a and like and it was like they they like pinned up her long hair to make it look like she had a bob and then she had like a fucking clear like pattern like it looked like a window screen like she had wrapped around her and and then the redhead girl wore a fucking top hat well i mean you know hugh grant had a giant tie on like it was it was for like a you know i I think it was like a costume event or something wasn't it yeah it was supposed to be like a gal type thing for like yeah, so I guess the top hat makes a little yeah, more sense. Yeah, the top hat is there. But Sandra Bullock wasn't Sandra Bullock had there, the red but... nose. That was supposed to be yeah, like, was, the joke yeah. of the moment and, like, whatever. And it's just, like, that moment you're supposed to feel, like, this pluck of your heartstrings, like, oh, my God. And then, you know, laugh, but, like, swoon and go on well, and, like, all that sort of stuff. And it did none of the sort because there's no, there's nothing has been built there is no foundation for this well i um, i slightly disagree only because of who was actually in the scene like i i felt that effect like i swooned as fuck as soon as sandra bullock showed up in that dress like regardless what kind of like horrible ass dress that was like it looked like an octopus shit on it like what happened like she starts walking away it's so fucking weird anyway regardless what kind of piece of trash she's wearing she's still fucking eye-catching and amazing in that scene and like the look i just happened to pause it on the look of hugh grant's face looking across the water at her and it it i paused it just perfectly on where he makes a face where he just starts to like snicker and like almost like flirtatiously bite his fucking lip all because he's looking at her going oh my god and i paused it right on that and i was like yeah i'm right there with you i don't care what she's wearing she's stealing this right now she looks amazing and then it was fucking ruined because then I got to see the rest of their outfits and then the the redhead shows up in the scene and then it just, you know, ruins the mood. And also, like you said, there's no lead up to it. Like, I only felt that because it was Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant happened to have a great, perfect expression that I happened to pause on. But if it hadn't been for them, there was nothing about the script in that scene that made me swoon. And there was nothing in the plot that that built up to that moment that really made me convinced that like, oh, hot damn, it's finally fucking happening between them. Like, I feel like I should have been feeling that at that point. You know? Yeah. So the other, so the first like full scene that there's supposed to be like, that there's an actual spark between these two on screen is when Sandra Bullock gets broken up with by her boyfriend, who we never see, uh, who works with Marine Life or whatever the fuck. Right. I don't remember that scene. He, basically, the boyfriend's a plot device. You never see him. He never shows up, whatever. Right. But then afterward, uh, you know, Hugh Grant was going to play tennis at a charity thing, but instead he 
takes her on a boat because she mentions something about not liking being on boats. She's like, I hate boats. And he's like, that's, that's why they ended up there. I totally missed that. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, you hate boats. And then he takes her to her yacht, to his yacht. Uh, and then, yeah, but she's broke. She had just gotten broken up with. And then that's why she's saying all the things like, I'm just a love oh. like, you know, I, I, that's why she's super drunk and that's why okay that's that's why she's you know bragging about how good in bed she is oh now i know what you're talking about where she lunges at him and kisses him and that's also what i think is a kiss in the movie really Um, yes uh i that was my favorite scene of the movie because i fucking love a drunk scene i will always love a drunk scene (laughs) and drunk scenes will always you know be top notch in my book uh so she yeah. did it well too. Did you notice she that? Was, like, yeah, she was hilarious. As a the, I I rewound it because I laughed so hard. And when she's when she's coming down the stairs and she's stumbling, yep. you know, she's, or when she's leaning over the rail and it's like, oh my god, that's such a drunk move. Oh, that like, was that was hilarious. But yeah, when she's, looking, yeah, when she's coming down the stairs and she goes out of frame, mm-hmm. she like stumbles out of frame. And yeah. you, all you see is Hugh Grant and the staircase in the frame. Mm-hmm. And you see him looking down at her who's out of frame. And you just hear her say something like, um, you know, am, am I really, like, what's wrong with me? Or something like that. Like, am I really that bad for guys or something? You know, something like that. But the way she said it was so quintessential, like, drunk talk. Yeah. I laughed so fucking hard and I was like, oh my God, she legitimately sounds drunk. Yep. So that so, was that was perfect. That was yeah. a good scene. And I mean, as I mentioned, I think that's the kiss of the movie. Do you agree or not? Well, I can definitely see why I would make the case. I personally would choose just the final kiss just because that's the, you know. The well, we'll talk, or the we'll typical talk, rom-com kiss. Yeah, we'll talk about the final scene and everything that leads up to it later. So I'll go ahead and give my verdict of my, for the kiss that I think it is. Right. And then later on, you can give your verdict on the kiss. But Sounds good. I loved this scene. I, I just loved the vulnerable. I mean, because the drunk, the whole idea of a drunk scene is that you get to be vulnerable and, you know, finally show how you feel sort of thing. Um, and just the just everything in that moment felt natural and like a real lived in moment. It, like none of it felt like, Hey, we're putting on a scene, watch Sandra Bullock act drunk and Hugh Grant, be, you know, bothered by it. I feel like they actually, like the script was up to the level of the acting in this situation. Cause this is, you know, this is a crisis of faith for Lucy, you know, Sandra Bullock's character. Mm-hmm. This is a crisis of faith in that, you know, every time you get broken up with, it's a crisis of faith. Like what the fuck's wrong with me? What the fuck's wrong with everything? What's wrong with the world right now? Mm-hmm. You know? And so that's very true. Yeah. And so just like, God, and then watching someone, you know, someone who usually has all the answers for him, like George has to then see this person not have the answers and he has to provide the answers for her. So it's a nice also change in the power dynamics um, and everything else. Well, not necessarily power dynamics, but just like the dynamic of their relationship. So there's a lot that goes into the buildup to the kiss. And then the kiss itself is just 
you know, just the very like sloppy but well done kiss where it's you know it's reciprocated as well, and there's the nice little background behind it. It's a nice, it, just everything about it was just well done and well set up. So yeah, I give a very it a cute plus. scene. Yeah, like, I give it a B plus myself. B plus, B plus, okay, yeah, for sure. Um, and then the, the, and then the other scene, the I, I mentioned two and a half scenes that there mm-hmm. were sparks. The the wait the last wait wait, scene, wait 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 was the was the kiss scene the drunken kiss scene was that the one where she's yeah that is because she's bending over the back of the railing when she's saying the I can bend like a pretzel yeah that made me laugh so fucking hard yeah <laughs> I can bend like, like a pretzel <laughs> yeah it's just she acted drunk so well <laughs> oh so my funny. god oh, that was um, hilarious but the other scene. Uh, that I uh, would be the helicopter scene. The like helicopter it's obviously, scene. Yeah, it was obviously like a green screen behind them, um, but the dialogue that they shared and just like with the green screen and everything else like that. Refresh my like memory. That, what what was the scene? <laughs> you uh, literally watched this before. I don't like. I vaguely remember a helicopter, but I don't remember anything profound happening. So they get picked up by a helicopter after she had to take a crap and they had to leave the car on the road. Right. And they get picked up by a helicopter in that parking lot. And then they just have a discussion while the back, while the background is showing. And what's the discussion about? I mean, they just share dialogue about like, you know, well, you know, your two weeks are coming up here in the next day or two. And it's just like, but it's obvious that they had shared a day, like they had played tennis, and then she really had to poop after playing tennis. Oh, and, okay. Like they just shared so much, and so just them kind of just having a dialogue. I mean, I can't remember the exact words that they say because once again, the dialogue right. in the script is just not that great. Um, but it was just the the looks that they shared and the way that they were saying the things. They were saying something of note, but yeah, it's just. I like that scene. What made it? Uh, what made you think it was a, a moment? Then just what they were saying. I mean, you'll have to rewatch it. That's what I'm saying, and everyone else, okay. just rewatch it. Okay. Because I can't necessarily come up with the exact like dialogue that was there. I just remember when I watched it. it I remember saying I really like that scene, and I think that they played it well. That's it. Yeah, I. I mean. I would, I would honestly, I'd probably be even less forgiving, and I would say that the drunk scene was their one moment that they really showed us. And like, that, like seriously, don't get me wrong. Like, I there was a lot of the scenes I loved, but it just kind of they all felt the same kind of scene, you know? Like, like I need a mixture of scenes that show me. You know, that they're fun together. And then I need another scene that shows me they're good at problem solving things together. And then another scene that shows me them overcoming something together. And then another scene showing me they can be happy and content together. You know, that kind of shit. Like, lead me around. Tell me the story. I'm a simpleton, man. It's a rom-com. I need you to hold my hand and tell me it'll be okay. And all they did was just kind of like string together a bunch of like comical scenes 
or like that's that's what i mean by sketches yeah yeah and it's it's like i, I need a little like those are great and i'm not arguing that we should take necessarily any one of the specific scenes out because there were a lot of good skits like you said they were all they, also, they need to be in there in order to make the time limit that they made yeah now enough enough in the script and that's where the whole idea of filmmaking that's why rob Gums kind of got a, a bad rap over the last after a while because they follow the same formula to the point where studios were like we know we'll make a, a profit on this most likely like if we get the if we get the right actors and we spend as little as money as possible that we can but still getting those actors we can make a you know we can make our money back and and a little bit on top and you know and have a film out there so like you know we just have something to replay on movie channels and things like that so it was just a lot of like the script is about 90 percent done i haven't revised it at all this is my first draft oh i like the bones oh, we're gonna go ahead and buy it and option it do you think this will be ready to film in six months <laughs> yeah. i haven't even started the second draft and it's like eh, we'll start filming in six months let's go find someone to let's go find someone or you know whatever the case right and it's just and it shows when it comes to developing you know the relationships between the people so yeah it, this movie was just full of uh, let's have Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock do this together, guys. All right. The one yeah. thing, the one thing I will say, I did kind of like about the professional aspect of the plot development was their ability to point out a few things about how your career choices obviously affect your personal life and how career has a direct impact on your uh, on your happiness and your self-identity as we see through you know Hugh Grant saying that you know no one has ever expected anything of him he was just kind of like given this opportunity and given this inheritance and then you have Sandra Bullock's character who's who's sacrificed some of her um her old self her more pure and arguably naive self and has gone out into the bigger business oriented world and tried to make an impact through that avenue. But then of course in the process had to kind of sacrifice some of her values or maybe not sacrifice them, but at least, you know, distance herself from some of them. And it's only at the end that we see that she's still steadfast on the core values and that, you know, she hasn't lost her, you know, true self. And I liked that message. I'm glad that we saw that development. Um, and, and I like the concept of Hugh Grant charging to the rescue at the end, but I think that could have been developed better too. And, and, and we can get into that later as well, but. Well, you can get into it now. I mean, there's not really much else to really go over in the rest of the film. We can get to the ending. The ending is a bit of a jumbled mess after the gala, like, and then she, and then like I was busy live tweeting, so I didn't really understand why Sandra Bullock decided to go to Hugh Grant's apartment. Yeah, um, I didn't really 
get that either. I mean, I guess it was to profess feelings, maybe. We don't really. I, like, there's just like no one really knows because the last time they were there was like the whole nearness of you scene, which Hugh Grant doesn't say a fucking thing. He just is like, oh, 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 I, yeah, wow, just, huh, yeah, huh, here's my date, uh, huh, you know, like it just, there was no dialogue there, so there was no communication of it all, and then she finds out that they're not going to save the community center, and she gets mad, at, she gets pissed, and she leaves, and then she's going to be back to his apartment. It's like, what, are you just going to yell at him some more? Like, how is this? Like she sees the redhead in her bra, and it's like, oh, yeah. What was she doing there? It, that was the whole thing. It was just like it was set up as a she was gonna, you know, share her feelings for him, sort of vibe, and that's how it felt like it was supposed to be set up. But the actual like performance of it didn't make any sense. Honestly, like, her performance was believable then in that respect. Like, her awkwardness of, like, waiting for the elevator and everything. Yeah, but waiting for the elevator. And then, like, when she gets outside and then, like, and then, yeah, and then she goes to her friend's place afterward. Right. Yeah, and it's just, like. And she tells him you got to fight for, you know, fight for what you want. There's all this, like, fighting for shit, too. And it's just, like. What exactly are you fighting? And the what exactly are so minimal? And what exactly are you fighting for? Neither of you had declared anything. Like you neither of you are admitting anything. Honestly, Sandra Bullock's character was the closest to admitting anything the whole movie, and she's yeah. the one that's a self-professed cynic and like, you know, cold, emotionless person. And and then Hugh Grant is the one that magically out of nowhere professes his love for her and then she magically says it back when we've had this but, whole lead up saying that she she's has not, never she's said not, it before. She's not a cold cynic person. She's in fact she cares a lot about things. It's just that the things she cares about, you know, are like the community center. And then, then I need to see that. Like they show us how much she cares about the community center. Show me how much she cares about Hugh Grant. Exactly. I agree. Like, if anything, this is a great movie about, like, not not sacrificing your values, about career paths, about growing up, about making relationships, making friendships, making coworker friendships, uh, all that shit. Like, it talks about capitalism. It talks about, uh, you know grassroots movements and protesting like it's got good shit but it's not where's the romance do you have these two adorable fucking characters and and mostly adorable actors like yeah like roger ebert's characters but actors we're showing up knowing we're gonna see hugh grant and sandra bullock like that's exciting that is a fucking rom-com couple i want to see and then, like, you don't develop their romance. Like, there should be fucking sparks flying. Yeah. And, and it's like, 
there's like one spark and then you're like all right well i guess let's light this grass on fire then and you're sitting here going well where's the fucking bonfire yeah um and then at like she or lucy has her you know going away cake or whatever the fuck um and then george yells at her about being too perfect yeah it this that and it's like that's a fuckboy line <laughs> that is a fuckboy line me. there there is no such thing as perfect like you know if someone is if you feel like someone is above you and how they act and you know and then the integrity they show you step up to their level you don't ask them to come down to yours yeah you make me feel bad about myself because you end up because you actually you know care about people and do the right thing stop doing that yeah stop making me feel bad about myself by being a good person how is that their fault yeah it's not you're the one that's feeling bad so guess what guess which factors in that equation which of the two factors that you have control over yourself Mm -hmm. so why don't you focus on you know affecting that factor Mm -hmm. and if that doesn't work then we move forward Mm -hmm. yeah that scene totally fucking bothered me like i was cringing because i knew it was building to something and i'm like oh fuck dude you're gonna say something you're gonna say something you're gonna regret you're gonna say something it was almost like watching like third person many of my brutal relationship arguments like it was i was just cringing out of like self-guilt at that point and it's just like dude come on stop and then he and then he goes and pulls off that fucking stunt of saying that oh it's you know you intimidate everyone and you scare all the guys away like first of all fuck boy first of all yeah first of all fuck boy like yeah second of all again how is that her problem and not yours and mm-hmm. a third of all, like, what, again, what the fuck? Like, wh- why would you, why would you, you know that's a soft spot for her? She admitted something to you. She confided in you. And you use something that you know is a, a uh, what's the word? Like a, a, not an insecurity, but a soft spot, a, a, t- a tender spot. Yeah. And you and you throw it right back in her face, and then you just walk out of the room. Yeah. Some one of your aides calls you, and you leave the room, and that's it. It's like, dude. But then I, he, but then he makes up for it because he actually changes his mind at the last second to save the community center, and then he gives this great speech that talks more about the building and then then you're just like oh but the building is her and then you think to yourself this doesn't really work as a speech for the building on the actual podium this doesn't really work as a speech to her directly so the speech just sucks (laughs) like it's also awkward in front of everyone like i i get that you're trying to do the big grand gesture sort of thing but it's it's just after that sort of like 
after exactly. what you did, that's not what you do. Like, yeah. If that, exactly. if something that fucking stupid falls out of my mouth, which I'm not pretending I'm immune to, that I've said some stupid ass shit, and when it when it happens, I crawl the fuck into a hole. I go off grid for a while, and I figure out what the fuck I need to do to fix this, and then I reemerge. And I apologize the shit out of it when I mean it. And then we move forward. Or we don't. It's up to her. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't show up at her fucking office and just start rambling off some weird ass speech. Like, that's more of a, you know, well... You have like a falling out argument. Well, well, maybe we're just not right for each other. And like that sort of thing. And fine. Well, fine. And then you storm off and you don't talk for like two weeks, you know, and then you romantically show up and I can't live without you. And you profess your love sort of thing. That's, that's the big, that's what you pair that gesture with. But what yeah. he did, like the shit that fell out of his mouth, that scene made me cringe so much. So I was like, dude, you got to like, yeah, and, and this then, is like crisis recovery now. Like, and then like she denies him, which is probably the right move. But then she was like, realizes, oh, she needs to be vulnerable. So then she goes out to him. I, I get that. I get the whole you know fighting, taking a chance, all that sort of mm. shit. I, I get, I get that maneuver. Um, although the two other women there are just like, uh, you know, I can't believe you're not out there with them from that speech either. Like, da, 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 da. It's just like, the speech wasn't that good lady. Stop. Uh, and then when she gets out to him, she says, I could, you know, I'll change and I'll, I'll be better. All this other sort of shit. It's like, no, you're yes. not the problem. Thank you. That's ex okay. Like, all right. This is leading up to what I, consider the, the kiss of the movie the kiss. But, yeah. <laughs> but i'm i'm glad we're getting here because for me i'm just i'm gonna skip ahead briefly to make a point about exactly what you just brought up but skipping ahead very briefly just to point out that i as a disclaimer loved the kiss like that act like the actual scene of the kiss was amazing for me i i fucking swooned but that weird little like lead up to it was i had a fucking problem with and i i, I almost questioned my own instinct because i was like so overtaken by the kiss scene that i was like starting to question myself and going well you know brush it off it's not that big a deal but it is a big deal she fucking runs up to him she's finally she showed that she can change because she overcame it by going after him we don't need her to fucking say anything more about changing. I mean, and it's not even necessarily a change, more like that she can take a chance. Like that she can yeah, take yeah. a chance it's, on being vulnerable. Opening up. That's all it is. Yes. It's it's being yeah. more comfortable, which arguably, like, you shouldn't have to force, you know, maybe there are some things to work through that are from your past that are keeping you from doing it as much as you could. But if you're with the right person, you don't have to force yourself to open up. So that's bullshit in itself. Anyway, even if it was true, why is she the one of the two that needs to change? Mm -hmm. 
this whole movie we've seen this shallow capitalistic figurehead of a man with no real purpose or direction in life if anything he needs not only purpose but he needs you know to radically change some shit and we never see him actually like denounce the whole the the whole real estate gentrifying progress or process no. that he and his brother have been a part of we just hear it in the speech he says to her and then he says but, well i should i should let you know that i quit and it's like, like okay well that's 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 valiant and that's respectable but yeah. like how is that helping anything like you could have stayed and used your power yeah to actually create positive change now that you have i supposedly identified what that positive change needs to be you are actually the one man in this movie that has the power to to start creating that change so for you to not not only avoid that opportunity and but then also compound it by letting supposedly the woman of your dreams run up to you and say that she is the one that needs to change to make this relationship you know what fuck you you don't get that kiss i want that kiss so that takes me to my verdict of the kiss i hate the i i am so torn dude i am so fucking torn because i hate the lead up to the kiss but god damn it that is the best rom-com kiss i've ever seen in my life a plus oh oh i like i was about it like get into it and it was the right progression it wasn't like too sappy too fast or too early It, it progressed i dug it it was i was i think i was a little bit in the mood to see some of the italian kiss from leap year again and that's the kind of mood and mindset I took to watching that scene, I think. So, but nonetheless, a plus, regardless of that fucking lead up to it, it, regardless of how much that lead up to it ruins it. You fucking fell for the spin, dude. Like, Dude, the fucking camera spin. Oh my god! Oh god! Wound. Oh, it's beautiful. Dude, it's Next. like Roger Ebert said: is you gotta go. You walk into it with open eyes. You walk into it with the right expectations. Like I was ready. Like you haven't given me shit the whole fucking movie in terms of romance. Give me a goddamn good kiss. And it was like they took all forty-five minutes worth of rom-com plot that they left out and just squeezed it into one fucking kiss and it was all the cheesiness and glory of a real fucking rom-com all in one moment (laughs) yeah fuck right off of that no (laughs) i disagree right now on youtube i looked up the ending kiss again just to like reiterate no hell no and then i just re I just looked up I the boat scene kiss, oh. and yes, hell yes, like the. Well, right okay, off. all right. So there's a, but there is a difference between the two kisses. You're more of a realist, so you're going for the That's scene that is a that is very much, not only real for both of us and very relatable, like we've been through situations like that, 
but we know obviously from that experience that it can exist and it does exist and other people have gone through it our friends have gone through it parents go through it. you know that it's it's life it's real whereas i'm the i'm the one gunning for the cheesy rom-com that's like you know the high school musical type of shit that's just like yeah, yeah give me the cheesiest fucking I mean, silliest I rom-com life. shit ever what I said, I remember my early 20s. You know what? Fuck right off. <laughs> I got to keep, gotta keep part of me young. It's the, the beard and hairline <laughs> aren't helping. Quarantine sure as shit isn't. So part of me has to stay young. Well, what happens after or after is pretty simple. Um, Lucy is working for a national legal fund. Uh, working with trying to uh, working on you know with Black Lives Matter to you know try to overcome police brutality and defund the police because she's awesome. Um, I don't think she's with George anymore. <laughs> that that happened that happened in the past, but uh, George is you know George decides to get back into the real estate business and get back with his brother's company. The reservation doesn't stand. <sighs> what a fucker. He goes back to gentrifying Brooklyn and that's why we have Brooklyn as it is now. So Hence that's what the happens. Brooklyn after Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's part of the reason why the Brooklyn Nets are sponsored by Barclays. So what's your verdict for the vote? Um, I'm trying to figure out a way to prepare you because I'm not even sure how to justify it. Then don't do it. I have to like, I'd marry it only because I've seen it. I've seen it multiple times and I would watch it again simply because of that that ruling is the reason I would marry it. However, it's, it's, it's not, it's not on the same tier as the movies I've married previously. There's some work that needs to be done. I think it's got a lot of good bones. Like we've said, um, I think the non-romantic parts of it are, are good. I think there's some comical scenes. I like some of the messages if I read deeper. Um, you know, for example, I, I read a little bit deeper into the final kind of scene where they're they're both in the apartment ordering Chinese food, you know, and, and it's it's cute and it's comical and it shows us that, you know, oh, he's getting used to, you know, poor people life. And, you know, it's, it's, it's stupid, but it's supposed to be silly and cute. I tried to read a little bit deeper and thought like, okay, well, she's working a, a lower income job than she used to be. He's out of a job and yet they're happy because they have each other. So the message there is they're prioritizing their own happiness over their careers for the first time, which I love. I always fucking love that message. And it's, it's something that I continually remind myself to do. Um, so there's stuff like that throughout the movie. If you look a little bit deeper, I can I can see making a case. 
it's got good stuff. So I, I don't mind marrying it for that reason. I just, it's not, I would not marry the, the romantic plot in itself because it's not enough there. And I need to see more of it, especially with these two actors, especially. So there's my very long-winded verdict. Well, um, despite all the crap I've given it, I would still fuck the movie. I think it's you know worth a, a watch, um, but it definitely doesn't need to be a repeatable viewing here. Um, there's enough, you know, funny. Like I, we briefly mentioned the the poop scene, like that. It was a very elaborate poop joke, and yet it worked because it was Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock. Right. Um, there's just a there's a lot of scenes where it's like, oh, here's another Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock sketch. Waka waka waka. Da, 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 right. da, da. But at the same time, it's Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock acting together. <laughs> so it's just like you know you can't. Exactly. Like it's so like if it were any other two actors acting together, it would be a kill. But because it's these two actors who obviously, as I mentioned in the Wikipedia, they wanted to act together at that moment in time. So yeah, it it shows because having fun with each other and like just playing off of each other and just doing like improv shit because the script obviously wasn't finished. And so they, you know, because it's two people who are good at acting, who actually want to be around each other, it works out to an enjoyable experience once. So fuck it. I did. I did enjoy the uh, the Mets ball game, though, the scene. I mean, yeah. she, she's a baseball she fan. I, I, I'd marry her. I, maybe that's what I'm really marrying in this movie is I'm marrying Sandra Bullock. Like, that's let's face it, like. It's Sandra Bullock. Any movie she's in, I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry her. So. <laughs> All right. Um, well, there's that. Um, so, our social medias, uh, the Instagram for the podcast is Bromancing the Stone Podcast, all one word together. Bromancing the Stone Podcast. Our Twitter account, which once again I will be live tweeting Wednesday, 6 p.m. Central Time. So that's 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Um, but uh, that Twitter account is Bro the Stone Pod. That's B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. So feel free to follow there. Uh, also, my personal Twitter is Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super. So S U P R Market Sweep. Uh, and then my uh, Instagram is Relusa88. That's R E L U S A 88. And then Max. You can find me on Instagram at the Lionhearted, which is T H E period L Y O N H E A R T E D, and now recently on Twitter at the Lionhearted as well, but with T H E underscore L Y O N H E A R T E D. There you go, and so it's time for me to choose the next film. It is. Uh, and so I think it's time to go back. Uh, and by this Wednesday, I mean September time, 30th. That's time fine. to go back in time. Time to go back in time. Time to go back to an old movie. Um, 
Gonna go back in that, time. It's a movie that's been mentioned before. Uh, I'm trying to remember. That's what it was. Failure to launch. Mentioned the movie. Briefly. Very, very briefly. Okay. Uh, it is the Philadelphia story. Uh, yes. Yes. It's actually my sister Monica's favorite movie. Really? Yes. Well, uh, shout out to, to Moni. Yeah. And then my, uh, my mom loved the movie. I've seen it many a time, so that'll probably give you an inkling as to my verdict. Um, and also, there's uh, some more, you know, troubling views on females within this film. Um, really? But, <laughs> but it's because the movie was made, I believe, in 1940. So that's, um, that's Audrey Hepburn, right? Nope, that is Catherine. Son of a bitch, really? Yes, Audrey's the younger one. God damn it. Catherine is the older one. So, uh, so yes, Catherine Hepburn is... I think this is our first Catherine Hepburn film. I so think so, go. yeah. Wait, who's the male lead? Uh, the male lead is uh, Cary Grant and also James Stewart. What? James really? Yes, those are the male leads. Oh, I love both of them. Oh, fuck yeah, I'm in. I have never seen this movie, so I'm fucking pumped. Uh, and you know what I said about drunk scenes? Well, maybe one of the greatest drunk scenes in rom-com and honestly cinematic history. Really? Uh, in this film. Easily, what, it, was a, it was a drunk scene that my mom would honestly, she would always retell. As one of her favorite scenes in cinematic history. Well, if Whenever it involves if, funny scene, if it involves was, Jimmy Stewart, I can understand. It's exactly why. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> you'll uh, you'll find you'll see. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun movie. All it's right. A time, uh, and I look forward to rewatching Philadelphia it. Story. It's, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, um, and it's. It's technically set at a wedding, so it's a little after wedding season, but I figure <gasps> people get married in the fall, so you know it works out. Yeah, it's pandemic year, man. All bets are off. People are getting married <laughs> online now. Exactly. So, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's that on that. Um, so <laughs> we appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Uh, we thank the tens and tens of listeners for listening. Uh, and until next time, we will catch y'all later. We'll catch y'all on Twitter when I, for the live tweet uh, on Wednesday the 30th at 6 p.m. Central Time. Until then, have a good night. Love you guys.